Welcome uh, back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. We are back on Yay. video and back in studio today. So uh, I'm Father Sean Wilson, and with me is Julia Monin. Hi, it's so exciting to be back. It really is exciting it, to be back. It is. Even yeah. though you're so far away, but I it's know okay. we're trying to keep social distancing. But, yeah, it's um, all good. We didn't get out the measuring tape. I don't know. Yeah, if we're six. It might be five. It's close. Close it's enough. Close. It's close. Yeah. But I am. I'm thrilled to be back. And this topic that we're talking about I, I i'm not jumping ahead but i'm pumped about it you're pumped plus if people who are following this have been following us even while we haven't been on video and they caught the last episode of our podcast i mentioned at the very end of it that i had a special gift for you oh that's right and then i was going to present that to you the next time we were on video and here that is today oh my and gosh. so at some point today during this show i'm going to give this to you. I'm, I'm going to hang it over your head for a little bit longer yet, but you know, you've been doing that for like literally since last week. Correct. Gosh. Well, <laughs> I guess I'll just have to do my best to exercise patience. Okay. So, so I'll turn into a two year old here soon. Yeah. Um, and it's really, I, I, it's really a gift for, um, this podcast, really the darting through the faith podcast. Mm. And, um, anyway, let's, you know what, let's pray okay. and then let's, let's unwrap this gift. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the gift of the catechism. We ask that you may guide us today, that you may open our lips and we, you may open our ears to receive your word and to be able to share it. We ask that you may bless all of those who are listening and that you may help them in any struggles and give them joy in your plan for their life. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we. I have... I have been wanting to make something official okay. on this podcast. And I think unofficially, and I hope you're okay with it because we're recording and I haven't really asked your permission. <laughs> now we'll just restart, I guess. So, so I, we have been unofficially um, having as a patron of the Starting Through the Faith podcast, St. John, John Paul, Paul II, II right? right? And so with that being said. Oh, I like where this is going. Whoa, that is great. So that's John Paul II when it looks like he was a cardinal. It is Jesus you seek when you dream of happiness. He is waiting for you when nothing else you find satisfies you. Pope St. John Paul II. Holy cow, that is awesome. And wow. I don't, I don't, oh, I'm not on my mic. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know where we're going to find like his permanent home in this studio. Oh, yeah. But... I feel like he needs a home here somewhere. Yeah. And Tune then, in next week to find where his permanent <laughs> home is. Tune in next <laughs> because week. Because for now, he's just going to hang out with me. I'm just going to hold him like this. That's perfect. For the rest of the time. Um, but anyway, can we make it official that he's our official patron? Sure. St. John Paul II, patron saint of the Darting Through the Faith podcast. Yes. Wow. Yes. Is that all we need to do to make it official? We don't need like a decree, a know. written decree, like a That's scroll. Right. Hear ye, hear ye. That's where you come in. Can you uh, put that together? Are you yeah, a big scroll man? That. Yeah, yeah, I'm a scroll man. Yes. <laughs> I, I rely on 13th century communication <laughs> techniques. Uh, Scrolls and messengers and scribes. You want me to do something with that? I don't know what to do here. with him for now. I have an idea. Okay, here. Anyway. He can block my face. Oh. No, bad idea. Well, you can just put it down for now. We, and we can continue. Oh, he looks great there, too. Oh, he looks real good there. I'm a little worried that he might tumble. He might. And he might get taken by a dart, but 
anyway anyway we right. we needed to do that we needed to we needed to really like and make sure we're, we're praying to him and we we do pray to him before we officially go live i guess this isn't live but before we officially record but um, right it's good to have it is his reminder presence. yes Yes. And isn't that quote dynamite? Oh my gosh. It is Jesus you seek when you dream of happiness. He is waiting for you when nothing else you find satisfies you. And very providentially, that sort of um, perfectly ties into what we're talking about today. Doesn't it though? In the catechism. And Father yeah. Sean doesn't even have his catechism with him. I left my catechism <laughs> back at, at the rectory. So I printed it out. So fear no evil. So we are talking about paragraphs 1430 through 1439, penance in the Christian life. Right. Yeah. And we're in the, we're in, this is within the section on the sacrament of reconciliation, or I, I think the catechism, does it call it the sacrament of penance? Um, yeah. It calls it all sorts of things. Right. I it's mean, not in this section, but. By a bunch of names. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's that part of like, so how does. Um, how do our, our life of penance, which is like our life of ongoing conversion, of course, a, a huge moments of that is the sacrament of reconciliation, but we, in some ways live that each and every day, each and every moment of our life, hopefully. Right. right. And that's particularly what this section was talking about. Right. Not so much the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of penance, but this interior penance, this interior conversion, this interior change that is happening um, what's meant to be happening all day, every day. Right. Um, so I have to admit that when, before I read it and we, so penance in the Christian life, I was expecting like a section on, I guess, mortifications. Mm. And I was expecting, like, I was equating like penance to mortifying ourselves. Um, which I suppose is a part of it. Hair shirts and, <laughs> and lashings um, and the such. Yes. Or, you know, just the ordinary means that find us, you know, choosing patience when your kids are frustrating you mm. um, and um, choosing to get your husband a glass of water when you'd rather not get him a glass. Like those little things are what I was thinking about this penance and, and mortifications and in very ordinary means. But really, this is like you said, it's it's about conversion. Right. 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 And that the, just the word penance comes from the Latin penitentia, which is for the word for conversion. So it's the. Who knew? Well, a lot of people knew that, <laughs> Julia. Not me. Well, now you do. Okay. But now I do. Okay. And it, it just blew my mind. Right. So Jesus called, you know, and it starts with Jesus, right? All these, these times they start with Jesus because it's him who you seek whenever you're It ends with him too, by the way. That's right. And it's him in the middle as you uh, go to. Oh, snap. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> Those Catholics actually talk about Jesus. Anyways, mm. all right. So it, 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 it's this great that Jesus, and it, it talks about like the prophets before him, he talks about conversion, um, the conversion of heart, interior conversions. And and without without the interior conversion, that the exterior stuff is. I love the word sterile. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's kind of a it's a it's a bad word when you're talking about biology and that sort of thing. Not a good thing. But um, and it's really never a good thing to be sterile, even if it's your your own conversion. But in this, it's like I, it's very uh, descriptive, I guess. Yeah. Oh, That's it is. It's like a powerful. It. it has a powerful. Yeah. Connotation. What was the word we talked about last week that I said I really liked? Um. Oh, it's not scrutiny, but it starts with an S. Scandalized. Scandalized. Remember we talked about that as a powerful connotation as well. So yeah, conversion of heart, but at at Jesus' call to conversion and penance does not aim first at our outward works, but at the conversion of the heart, interior conversion. Without this, such penances remain sterile and false. 
However, interior conversion urges expression in visible signs, gestures, and works of penance. So essentially, like Jesus tells us that, right? Like what we see on the outside from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Mm -hmm. That's what scripture reads. Um, From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in our heart will be shown on the outside. And so it's not the outside necessarily that's the utmost concern, but it it does match what's going on on the inside. So it's not just about taking all these external things. It's about transforming the heart, right? Yeah. And that um, doing all of these external things, all of these means of conversion, doing all these things, are what this is saying is they are really sterile. They're nothing. If it doesn't change your heart, Right. You're I, a banging gong or a clashing cymbal. Right. Another great so. images. But there is something too, like the external things can affect our heart. Sure. Right. Sure, like sure. if, if we're, you know, stuffing our face with, with jelly beans, mm-hmm. um, then we're, we're, we're attached to that. And then our hearts aren't free to choose Christ. So it's like, it's amazing how like the, the exterior stuff affects our heart, but also our hearts transform our exterior acts there's this kind of you know it's amazing how we're connected yeah (laughs) how we are this one this one being and that's so true i'm glad that you pointed that out because that is so very true i can even find myself like if and this might sound a little bit extreme but if i spend too much time like watching um you know modern tv shows or listening to secular music and it's not that those are wrong but if i'm constantly doing it on repeat all day, every day, it does start to like, you start to, your ability to recollect yourself and to really focus yourself on the Lord, it diminishes and decreases, I think. So that's would a good Would you say point. that the world is noisy? I would say <laughs> that the world is noisy. For those who don't know, God that's whispers. the title of Julia's book. The world is noisy, God whispers. That's good stuff. Thanks they are for not sponsors of this show, but we'll freely promote. Yes, thank you. That's good stuff. I like that. Yeah, well played. Let's move on from all that. All right, great. <laughs> And then, I mean, so that's 1430. 1431 just starts with, I think, I, the whole thing, this is this might be one of my favorite sections we've read so far, but it talks about interior repentance is the radical reorientation of our whole life, a return, a conversion to God with our whole heart, an end of sin, a turning away from evil with repugnance. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned at the start, the prodigal son, like, isn't this his journey, that he has this entire reorientation of his life and that he's re- He's repulsed by the sin. And then it's the return. Like he mm-hmm. literally gets up out of the pigsty and returns to the father's house and, um, and admits it. I, so I, you, you see that in this, this line, like it's, it's a great description of who he is and the, the path he went through. Mm-hmm. This, this paragraph 1431 ends with the sentence, this conversion of heart is accompanied by a solitary pain and sadness, which the father's called can you pronounce the Latin for Animi cruciatus. Affliction of spirit and... Compunctio cordis. Repentance of heart. This is really important that we don't skip over this part, I believe. And this comes up again at the very end of this section in paragraph 1439. Paragraph 1439 basically outlines how the story of the prodigal son basically is Jesus's parable of showing us this process of conversion and repentance. And that whole paragraph goes through, this is what was happening with the prodigal son. Here is the process of conversion. Here's the process of repentance. And there's, there's this, this sentence. And then that there was this beautiful tie in with that, that just struck me that this conversion of heart is accompanied by this pain and this sadness this pain and the sadness that is very beneficial, right? Because salutary. Yes, that's what this that's what this means is that it it actually elicits this change that that we are overcome with this pain, we're overcome with this sorrow. We come face to face with face to face with our sin, which is what happens in the story of the prodigal son, as you mentioned. He's realizing 
like, man, I messed up. I'm not only working with pigs, I'm longing to feed. I'm living like a pig. Yeah, and I'm wanting to feed on them. And he has this pain. But this pain is meant to motivate motivate us. Mm -hmm. It's meant to bring a great benefit to us. And I think the main point I want to drive home on the show today is that we don't get stuck there. We don't get stuck in this pain because this is a powerful moment in the conversion of our souls. And so often the pain can become um, consuming. Yeah. And it can become even frightening. We can have feelings of, you know, just deep remorse and, and deep unworthiness. And we cannot let this pain take, it doesn't take us to good places because we become closed in on ourselves. And we could say, well, God can never forgive me. God can never love me. If only you knew what I've done or, or if only you've known the, the terrible person that I am. And so we get lost. We don't let this pain motivate us to change. And so I guess that's the main point is that we don't get stuck here. It's right. it's there for a reason and it's meant to motivate us. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. And I think the the temptation to get stuck there happens when we, we do focus. Like it's good to recognize our own sinfulness, mm-hmm. but if that's the center of it, then it still becomes about us. Right. And so that last, the last paragraph you mentioned mm-hmm. in 1439 says the parable of the prodigal son, the center of which is the merciful father. The center of it's not the prodigal son and his sin. And this, the word prodigal means wasteful. So the son is wasteful, but the father's much more wasteful because he, Mm. he gives it, he gives, he gives stuff again to his son that he's already wasted. Like, you know, he, it's, it's like investing in stocks that you know are going to fail or they failed before. Um, and so we have to, I think we can get stuck in, in kind of, ruminating over our own sin, our own shortcomings, our own unworthiness, when we forget that the center of it all is the merciful Father. It's not us, the sinner. The center of it is the Father who's just who wants us to recognize our sin so we can come back to Him. And uh, right. yeah. That is that, it's that recognition that brings us to a greater place of humility before Him, right? It's not that he's, he's, he's admonishing us because He wants us to feel bad about who we are. But it's that we we recognize how how humble we are before him. Um, Saint Teresa of Avila calls herself dung in some mm. of her writings. She's very blunt and just and and some people read that and are really offended by yeah. that. Like, aren't we supposed to just recognize that we're the temple of God and we're we're these beautiful creatures that God created? Well, yes, and also there is there is virtue and holiness in recognizing. But even with that, I mean, compared to God. Yeah, we dung is an Smelly. accurate, <laughs> an accurate description, yeah. right? Um, and and as long as that's not going to a place of like self hatred or f- self mutilation, that really that's that's deep humility that you recognize who God really is. Um, and that's what this awareness of our sins is meant to do. It's meant to humble us before Him, right? That we are that that penitent um, person in the temple praying, you know, have mercy on me. A sinner, you know, we're not we're not going to him like the Pharisees and saying, "Well, look at me, I've done all these great things, so I must yeah. be holy." I've earned heaven. I've earned it, and I'm glad yeah. I'm not like that tax collector who's right. sitting next to me, right. right? And that we look to him with these humble. I fast twice a day. I fast twice a day. I pay tithes. I I'm amazing. Yeah. <laughs> right, and of course the tax collector is just in this place of humility of, um, you know, have mercy on me. So this is what this admonishment of our sins is meant to do, right? Draw us into greater conversion, um, allow us to be humble before God, our Father and our Creator. Yeah. 
And so if we we're back to the the start, there's this, the 1432 has, there's great lines all over here, mm-hmm. but I love this in the kind of the second half. It is in discovering the greatness of God's love that our heart is shaken by the horror and weight of sin and begins to fear offending God by sin and being separated from him. So it's, we discover the greatness of our, the God's love for us. And in some ways we begin to, to shake as it's called, like just very, like almost uh, violent, like our own recognition of our, our lack of fidelity because we realize just how, how good he is. And, uh, I was actually telling you earlier this, Julia, I had, Mm. I had a moment like this in the past week where I was just realizing all that he, he's done in my life and in this priesthood and just how, um, you know, how all the, the sins are, you know, even if they seem small compared to just how good he's been, it's, it's real. I mean, like, um, it's devastating. <laughs> um, but in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It because is it's that, at that place that then you can return to the father. It is that radical reorientation, that paragraph 1431, mm. which was, was a phraseology that I really liked. Well, yeah. that radical reorientation. So yeah, like you met, yeah, it's the great, it's in discovering the greatness of God's love that our heart is shaken. This is another great point. And it's not mentioned in this section where we talk about um, the two kinds of contrition perfect and imperfect contrition. But I think it's important mentioning here that this ultimately is the heart of conversion here. What the church would term perfect contrition is that we avoid sin because we don't want to offend him because we love him so much. And it's, there's other reasons that we avoid sin. Well, we don't want to be punished, right? Right. I don't want to go to hell, so I won't do this. So that's what the church would phrase imperfect contrition. But this perfect contrition is that I love him so much that I don't want to offend him, Mm -hmm. right? And that that is what motivates us. And that's what it's mentioning here, that it's discovering the greatness of God's love that we're we're shaken by the horror and weight of our sin, right? And that we begin to fear offending him and being separated from him. Okay. Yeah. And so the community, we jump into the the many forms of penance in the Christian life. And this is maybe what we're the kind of the forms of penance we always associate with Lent, right? Mm-hmm. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, which I thought this was fascinating. That So prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, which express conversion in relation to oneself, to God, and mm-hmm. to others. So fasting in relation to ourselves, self-denial, to God, prayer, and to others, almsgiving. It's like, huh. How about that? How about that? It's it's about like a radical reorientation of our entire life, whether it's to ourselves, to God, or to others. Yeah, there. I I love that too. Like it's not just these random things. Yeah, like yeah. let's just fast and pray and give alms. Like that that, that it's it's pointing to that place. What this is really supposed yeah. to do in your heart? It's amazing, right? Yeah. I'm glad smart people wrote this catechism. <laughs> and of course, that's what we get that from the Lord Jesus himself. It's giving that, those instructions to, to pray and to fast and to give, give alms. And when we hear that as he is going on, that these are right, but it, that it's meant to change our hearts and that this is how, that it's relation to, to ourself, to God and to others, that he's always reorienting that with ourselves. What about this next line? I wanted to ask you about this because in the same paragraph, then it reads, alongside the radical purification brought about by baptism or martyrdom, 
they cite as means of obtaining forgiveness of sins, and then it gives us a list, efforts at reconciliation with one's neighbor, tears of repentance, concern for the salvation of one's neighbor, the intercession of the saints, and the practice of charity. So there's kind of a list of some of the forms of penance. But I found this interesting. Alongside the radical purification brought about by baptism, okay, okay, yep, baptism is radical, radically purifies us, or martyrdom. I just found like those two being placed side by side just like struck me in a way like, does martyrdom fit there? I mean, I guess martyrdom pretty drastically and radically purifies us. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I, um, there is something, you know, I'm thinking about like a, a baptism in blood, right? That's what we call a martyrdom mm. for those who are not baptized, but they die for the faith. We call it their baptism. They, mm. they shed their, their blood for Christ and that forgives their sins. So that, that's my, uh, that's my off the cuff spitball answer, but there, there's probably a lot more going on with, with martyrdom and, um, Yeah. Hmm. Okay. It just struck me. Well, I mean, maybe that was the, maybe that was the point that like, well, if, if you're not baptized, but you get, well, anyway. Okay. Quiz show time, Julia. Oh gosh, no. What section of the sat of the catechism does martyrdom show up? Okay. Well, first I got to remember what the four sections are, the creed and then the sacraments and then Christian life and prayer, Christian life and prayer. I found this fascinating. So I don't know. It's fascinating because it's in the section uh, on Christian life mm-hmm. under the commandments, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor because martyrdom comes from telling the truth. Oh. Yeah. Bearing witness to the truth. Fascinating. We can move on, but. That is fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Maybe you'll throw the dart. We'll go there next. Oh. We'll try that. Maybe we'll have to try to actually take aim and find where that is and take <laughs> aim. Yeah. Uh. Anywho. Anywho's. Okay. Right. Then the next the next couple paragraphs in this section give us um, more of this, more of these these practical means of this interior penance, this interior conversion that we're all um, called to. 1435, I as a layperson living in the world with a husband and a child, this is good stuff. Conversion is accomplished in daily life. Okay, daily life, our ordinary daily life by gestures of reconciliation. Of course, we can see this play out in our lives as husbands and wives and with our kids, how oftentimes we fail and that Mm -hmm. we need to reach out and apologize, right? Right. Concern for the poor, the exercise and defense of justice and right, the admission of faults to one's brethren. Yep, that's a tough one. You can see this even with young kids. Right. Like when they're like really young and they know they've done something wrong and you as their mom or your dad would be like, you need to say you're sorry and how hard it is yeah. for them to actually do that. Kicking, screaming, yeah. wailing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so you have that admittance that, yeah, I recognize I was wrong here, but I do not want to say I'm sorry for it. Right. Yeah. So like you look at that and that's always profound, powerful for me, profound. Cause it's like, this is a, it's a really difficult thing to like own up to admit that you know, we've messed up and to, to seek this reconciliation. Um, examination of conscious, revision of life, spiritual direction, acceptance of suffering. Okay. Can we just talk about that too? Like that was what I was talking about. Like these ordinary means to mortify yeah. yourself when you're, um, you know, when you're living in the world. And certainly you have <laughs> plenty of these opportunities yeah. <laughs> yeah. in your life as a priest as well. And if you're not married, you have opportunities as well. But that we look for these these little things that are... are Self-denial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little acts of generosity, too. You know, fraternal correction. Mm-hmm. It's a great little act of like, 
hey, uh, I'm going to stick my neck out there and you might hate me for telling me I think you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love you enough to say you got that beam in your eye and you can't see it yourself. Let me help you pull that out. Um, Yeah, but it takes it takes generosity, courage and, and and that's an act of mercy. Right, right. To admonish sinners, sinners. is an act yeah. of mercy. Um, yeah. And of course, it's done in the right way, right? You right. just don't go around like, hey, Be you, 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 you. I got no problem telling people what they're wrong is. Be prudent as yeah. you go out admonishing sinners, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, let's not just, yeah, right. Yeah, we always have to take that seriously. Um, yeah. And taking up one's cross each day and following Jesus. The surest way of penance. Mm-hmm. The surest way of conversion. Mm-hmm. That's because Jesus says it like three times deny yourself. And I always, you know, it's interesting because in that, what he, I always, well, I don't say always, but I find Mm -hmm. it fascinating. And when he says this in the gospel, I think it's only in Mark's or maybe it's in Luke's where it says, take up your cross daily and Mm -hmm. follow me. Like the daily gets slid right in there. It's like, Hey, Hey, Mm -hmm. Hey, that's important. Mm -hmm. So, and actually I talked about this earlier about how, uh, Sometimes it's, you know, the, the suffering that we want to do, you imagine like it'll be something heroic, like St. Maximilian Colby dying in Auschwitz for somebody. And it's really like, no, you just, you know, you just have to take this little cross like you don't get along with your boss today or, you know, whatever it may be. So um, I know for the both of us, um, we have a devotion to St. Therese of Lesage, St. Therese Little Flower. And this is this is her little way. This oh, is what yeah. her little way is all about. Like she admitted she did, she aspired for this great holiness. She wanted to be a great saint, but she recognized that there was, how did she define it? Like from the t- tops of the mountain that are lost in the clouds to a grain of sand. That's what the difference was between a great saint and how, how she knew herself was. But she looked at all these little things that came up throughout her life, these little ways to mortify herself when she was falsely accused, you know, of making a mistake and, and, and deciding out of love and charity to just hold her tongue. And, right. and, and, um, so these little things that she, she's doing out of love, there was a particular sister that, that kind of um, drove her nuts while they were in the chapel praying and um you know clanking her rosary beads clanking her rosary (laughs) which you do you want to hear a funny side note about that so this sister that annoyed saint therese you know here i am so devoted to saint therese i just have this deep love for her and and um and depend on her intercession and her little way and and i was reading one of her works and the index in the back was talking about that particular sister. Now, I don't remember her religious name, the sister that bothered her um, or kind of annoyed her, but I can't tell you what her given name was, Julia. Oh, no. (laughs) And I found that so funny. So I imagine sometimes I'm that annoying one coming to her Therese in prayers, Julia again. She needs something else. But anyway, I found it funny. That is... Um, that's a funny hysterical. side note. But anyway, that's that's that little way that the, we look for these little ways. So all, maybe the Lord isn't calling us to be these extraordinary martyrs to die these deaths like like Maximilian Colby and like all these great saints, but maybe in these little ways. Little death to self. Right, that we deny ourselves, that we choose love in the face of hate, that we're choosing to be silent, that we choose patience when we really want to, you know, be frustrated. And, um, and yeah, you can find that all day, every day. Yeah. Um, I have, a, it finds you. It, it does. I have a mentor that would say that you don't have to go looking for mortifications. They will find you. You just yeah. need to cooperate with, with them when they find you. So true. True that. 
So then after that, it kind of gets into concrete ways of, of, uh, of, I guess, sustaining our life of penance. So the Eucharist and the sacrament of penance would be one of those that strengthens us. You know, new, the Eucharist is the bread of life, so it's, it's the nourishment. And then even after that, reading of sacred scripture, praying the liturgy of the hours, and the Our Father. Mm-hmm. And then this great line, every sincere act of worship or devotion revives the spirit of conversion and repentance within us and contributes to the forgiveness of our sins. Every act of devotion that we do, whether it's every time you drive by a church and you make the sign of the cross or every time, you know, you, you lead a prayer with your children before you, you know, you eat your, eat your bologna sandwich at lunch. Um, so every little act, every sincere act of worship. And I think that too can point to the little way that we doing these little things with great love, Right. right? That our love, that it's always love that's at the heart of it. Great stuff. And then the, the paragraph 1438 talks about the seasons um, of, that the church gives us, right? The seasons and the particular days of penance. So, of course, um, Advent and Lent, and these are particularly appropriate times for, they mentioned, spiritual exercise, penitential liturgies, pilgrimages as signs of penance, voluntary self-denial, such as fasting and almsgiving, and fraternal sharing, mm. so charitable and missionary works. It also mentions every Friday, though. In oh, there. yeah. yeah. Every I'm Friday. So every mm-hmm. Friday is a, is a day of penance in the church. Mm-hmm. And actually, it, it's, in, uh, it's in the law of the church that every Friday, Catholics are to give up meat or do another suitable penance on every Friday, unless it's a solemnity, unless it's a big feast day. So to do something for the Lord, you know, it suggests to, to not eat meat on Fridays, but any anything can uh, can suffice. So... It might be a forgotten thing that every Friday is a day of penance. So yeah, well, and then Friday being you know the end of the work week, right? It's it's often a time of celebration, partying, yeah, binging, yep. gluttony, yep, revelry, yep. Check, check. I'm like, yes, check, check, check. Yeah. Done all of that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Drunkenness. Yes. Just yes. Keep going on. Been there. Anyways. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um. So yes, to think about that. That. This and I, I particularly I like the uh, the Divine Mercy devotion and the three o'clock the hour of three o'clock oh, yeah. and that um, you know if you, the Lord encourages Saint Faustina to pray the Stations during the three o'clock hour but if you can't pray the Stations pray the Chaplet and if you can't even pray the Chaplet then just think of me even if it's for a brief second you know right. that you're thinking of me and thinking about my passion and my and uniting yourself to me in that moment so um, yes Fridays Fridays Day of Penance mm-hmm. so. All right, well that's good stuff. The life of penance, huh? Yes, the last the last paragraph like we already mentioned was talking about the story of the prodigal son right. and this being the story of of this process of conversion. Um which yeah. I, I love so much. It mentions joy in there a couple times, right? The father's joy, the joy that the son has of being restored to new life. I just thought that's that's a beautiful kind of thing to remember that all, you know, we think of penance, we think like black and grim and suffering, but penance leads us to a life of joy that if we, if we take this conversion seriously, we open ourselves to the gift of joy for the Lord to, you know, bury that deep in our soul. So, so that, I mean, right. So that's cool. That's really cool. (laughs) It's the understatement of the day. (laughs) It's super duper cool. Yeah. (laughs) The last sentence in this section, paragraph 1439 reads, Only the heart of Christ, who knows the depths of his father's love, 
could reveal to us the abyss of his mercy in so simple and beautiful a way. And again, this is talking about the story of the prodigal son and how Jesus used that as his way of teaching us yeah. about this. And only the heart of Christ would be able to reveal thus to us the abyss of his mercy in such a beautiful, simple and beautiful way. It's just, I love it. Um, I, I did some reflecting and I've shared this in some of my groups before about alternate versions of the story of the prodigal son. Or like with the story of the prodigal son, and then you read alternate ways that the husband, the the dad could have responded. Oh, like where he's sitting and waiting, and he sees the son coming, but he f- refuses to go out and meet him because he needs to prove to him a point. Right. And he's sitting there muttering under his breath. Well, I see him, and I really want to go out and hug him, but he's made my life miserable and his mother's life miserable. So I'm going to make him pay. And so it's just interesting to think about when you look at it, the stark differences. You're like, oh, yeah, that mercy that God, God's mercy, really is profound right? right and sometimes we think we are showing that mercy to others but when you look at it that way you think oh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of like in, i don't know we could go on and on and on because you mentioned the mother i'm like where is mom in all this right was part of his the the prodigal son's brokenness that his mom was like an alcoholic or that his mom like maybe he's grieving the loss of his mother and that he's just coming out weird way you know so like i don't know Sometimes bad things happen to us and we don't respond in the best ways. And uh, maybe that's the prodigal son. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Mm -hmm. We're not told. But maybe she's just hanging out and she's just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. She's she's hanging out and pondering everything in her heart. Yeah. <laughs> the blessed yeah. mother did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she just took all these things and she's pondering them in her heart. Um, yeah. Well, the point of it in this section, in this story, is this heart of the mercy of the father. Right. And that this is this is what happens. We fall away. Right. Mm-hmm. We fall away. And this is how he, he brings us back. And he's always waiting on us with open arms. And as JP, two says, it's Jesus you seek when you dream of happiness. He is waiting for you when nothing else you find satisfies you. Man, Drop the mic. Yeah, seriously. Let's do All it. right. But instead of that, we'll throw a dart. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, and Father Sean went through because we've done the last I don't even know how many episodes it's been. Five ish four five six episodes that we've done on zoom so we haven't had video with them and we haven't been up here in the studio so he went through and marked off everything that we've done and as somebody I think who, i did i think i did as somebody who likes to cross things off their list i i'm excited about seeing that yeah okay here we go where we're going oh that low. was low that was low the fall sin and the fall of the angels Ooh. 385 to 395. 385 to 395. So we're going to stay on this. This. Oh, I'm I'm excited about this. Are you, you excited about be. this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fall and sin yeah. really excites me. I know it's profound um, knowledge. Oh man, one of my favorite lines in that in the catechism might be in the in that section. Anyways, why don't you pray us out? We'll see. We'll see if it's there or not. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's just, we talk so much about the story of the prodigal son and we talked about it like we all just know it by the back of our hands, but Mm -hmm. maybe we don't. So let's just close by putting ourselves in God's presence by reading this scripture. This is Luke chapter 15 verses 11 through 24. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country and he began to be in need. 
So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. <laughs> 